to the solo ceos the podcast for solopreneurs by solopreneurs here we celebrate commiserate and problem solve all the world's craziness that comes with building a business on your own terms i'm marilyn johnson a supplier development and supplier diversity consultant and and i'm Sarah winston executive coach and leadership consultant and we are the solo ceos yay yay so tara how you feeling today Man, I'm feeling fabulous today. Life is good. Spring has sprung at the time that we're doing this recording. I'm just ready. I'm ready to have a conversation. Ready for life, girl. What's, how you doing? You know, spring, I don't even know if the desert has spring. It's sprung. <laughs> Fortunately, the weather has started to cooperate. But you know what? I don't want to talk about the weather. Let's talk about Tara. Can I get a hookup? <laughs> You know, Man, since you're you, running your own business. Since you got your own business. Can I have I chills when you said that? Because yeah. anybody, what kind of business you running? Anybody who has started their own business, um, you will get people, meeting people though, who will decide that for some reason you can afford to give them hookups, discounts, change your life to, to be in service of them. Um, Marilyn, how you gonna hook me up, girl? Well, you know, it's gonna have it has to come with some shade. So as a solopreneur, we are always fighting against the thought that we are not real business owners. And something that I learned today, I was looking at one of these conferences and they were talking about the number of people starting their own business. And Tara, you know, we've already done our little research to find out that not only did we know we were business owners? We have actual numbers to back us up with the number of solopreneurs out there making it happen in the trillions of dollars even. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, no matter how hard you try, somebody is always trying to get to you to say, um, can I run something through your business? It's almost like a drug dealer, except all my stuff is legal. I don't even have no drugs. What? You on the wire, like you started a business and now you on the wire. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I can. So can I share a story with you? And I got a billion of them, but I'm gonna share, share this story with you. Oh yeah. When folks, when we started talking about just how shady some people treat you when they find out you're a business, we decided to talk about it because just be ready. You will be amazed at what people will ask you. So One of my favorite stories is I have been a certified woman-owned business for over 15 years. And for those who are interested in it, you can go to WeBank and they will escort you through the process. You don't have to be a certified business to run a business. That was just Mm -hmm. my choice. But there's benefits. Hmm. Yeah, there's benefits to being a certified business when your customer is corporate. And so I ran into this one guy who I used to actually I used to work with when I was in corporate, who had tried several different business opportunities to jump his own business off, and they just didn't work for whatever reason. So I guess he had this fabulous idea because everybody, you know, when they want to want to use your stuff, their stuff (laughs) is always the fabulous idea. So he had this fabulous idea he 
wanted to talk to me about, but it boiled down to him using my company name mm. and my certification to try and get customers. And then he was like, but you know, I'll kick you down a couple percentage points if I can just um, go in under you. So almost like mm-hmm. I am in, in corporate terms, I'm tier one and he would be a tier two. In street terms, that was straight bullshit. <laughs> what he does is nothing about what I did. And most importantly, I was insulted by the fact that he thought so little of my business mm-hmm. that I would actually sign on to some foolishness and damage the brand. Whatever brand I have is mine, but damage my brand with his nonsense. Um, Tara, you know, my lips are twisted about it. Every time I think about that, I was like, Marilyn is visibly perturbed <laughs> by the fact that this dude, but, and Marilyn, it's not just you. I mean, this, and particularly when it comes to people that have certifications, this is something that comes up a lot. And, and just so you know, you can put your own company at risk to do this. Like they're like, it, like construction is always the textbook case where this happens all the time, where you would have like a, a you know, you know, things that are set aside for either minority owned or women owned businesses by requirements of, of, of municipalities or states or things like this. And so a lot of times people will, will try to do a shell corporate, a shell partnership, right? So they right. will, they'll put up the certified entity. Meanwhile, they're like, look, you're just going to get a cut off the top. And it, and it can be lucrative. I mean, look, shady shade, McShade shade is lucrative, right? This whole yeah. reason why there's a criminal element at the same time, if you get caught, you can get blackballed from things. It is not a good look for your reputation. Be very, very smart if you're even considering doing one of these pieces. Um, right. You know, Marilyn, I haven't had um, anything quite as direct, but, you know, as a coach, as a facilitator, I do my own training. There, you know, there's so many partnerships that we're constantly doing, right? And it's actually very common in, um, in our little part of the industry that there are companies that will sell coaching services or facilitation services. And then they have people like me that are um, subcontractors and I'll come and deliver their stuff and I'll get a piece of it. What's starting to happen though, in some places is I, at times the expertise that, that I have may be something that does not exist in these companies or in these organizations. And it starts to be kind of touchy because they have access to, to clients that maybe I don't have. Um, but the work that, that they want to sell is work that I can do, work that is my knowledge, my intellectual property. And the, the, the line around how much do I give to be, you know, to be in partnership and even to, to have access to a new market that I, don't, I didn't have before, new revenue, uh, but then not lose all of my stuff. Not, you know, again, it's, it's a hookup in a different kind of way. And I've had to be stronger with my boundaries to say, no, I'm not going to be in this kind of partnership or these are the terms that I want the partnership to have so that I don't lose the, what's mine, right? right? That I'm not giving all my stuff away. And I've seen it, you know, particularly if what you do is, is kind of a, a nice niche, because I spoke to someone recently who's dealing with the same challenge, right? If you have a really nice niche, of course you want access to all these other customers and opportunities, but make sure that you don't give, give your stuff away. It's um, called handcuffs. <laughs> it's called handcuffs. Let's, let's call it what it is. It's handcuffs. And you just got to know that once you cuff yourself to somebody or something, you need to be able to get your hands out of those cuffs. And, 
And the way that people approach you is, is not always the obvious. So like mm-hmm. what Tara said, you know, she subcontracts with say a, another entity to provide one service. And then the next thing you know, they're selling her other services because they know what she can offer as their own. And you have to look at every single contract you have to make sure that what you said you were going to do, you do, and that they can't own up on your stuff because all of a sudden in that intellectual property, that's a big deal. But people are shady and they come in all forms and sizes and fashions. They are (laughs) smiling in your face. But let me tell you, Tara, I have seen these folks come and go. I, for, for you all who don't already know, a lot of my business post, well, no, pre-COVID, a lot of my business was done at conferences. I meet potential customers and, and that's how I strike up conversations because my primary customer would be corporations. So I see all of these people at the conferences and you'll see a flood of them come into the doors and everybody's trying to meet with the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. And then they turn around once they realize, oh, Marilyn knows this person. Then all of a sudden I got a lot of new friends. But, <laughs> but the long game is 10 years later, these folks are nowhere to be seen. They're nowhere to be found. And just think, if you attach yourself to something dirty and then you realize five years later, that person who brought you that nonsense is gone, you're still dirty. Mm, yeah and as a small company all you have is your brand that's it when you walk in the door people know you because of what you deliver and trust and believe people don't forget they they remember crazy all the way to the (laughs) bank and so I just I'm amazed at the liberties people take with us Tara as far as the sizes of our businesses, the assumptions that we are not as professional. And actually, folks, we are even more professional. I feel like at a time we're held to a higher standard because we don't have a chance to make a mistake because nobody's there to clean it up. (laughs) We can't afford a PR company, heaven knows I can't, to to kind of pivot it into something else. So that's it's, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, sometimes it's not shady people, but there's a little bit of shade hitting me, right? And so, Girl, they shade if they come up with some nonsense. Because oh, you wouldn't have did it. No, listen. Like, so, again, I'm like, I'm the nice one. Hello. But yeah, I just nice. have very little tolerance for foolishness. But no, so what what I feel like happens probably more for me. I don't, I, I don't run into as many nefarious people, but one level of can I get a hookup and a little bit of shade comes with like I, I do most of my my business development through referral right and so my network and my, my friends people I used to work with people I went to school with right friends of my clients that that type of thing what can sometimes happen if people that knew you in your past life um, before you were you were a business owner they 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 don't always process you as a real entity like they they get that you're a company. But when, when you show up with, with like, look, um, 
Marilyn and I, if you have listened to the other podcasts, you would know we are not the discount bargain basement bin of service providers. We provide excellent service and we expect to be paid for it. We know what we bring to the table. And so if you look at our pricing, our pricing is not the cheapest. And what's interesting is sometimes going into friendly organizations. So like someone says, hey, P, I want you to come through and, and talk to my company. Sometimes with the budget that, that they would expect you to deliver, me to deliver on is a lot lower than had they brought in somebody, anybody else, right? You know, they will go to some unknown for, for a certain amount, but then would not be willing to fight for that budget for me. Like if, if, again, if you went to Walmart and Walmart said that this thing is $400, most people don't go, can I get it for three fifty five? <laughs> um, but, you know, from friends, they, like you say, this is your price and, and they will push back a bit. And so it's not them being shady. They're not, they're not necessarily trying to be malicious, but the, like they don't recognize that, that it is shade. Like you are actually saying that my, my value is less than what you think it is. And it's less than the next, the next guy, gal, or, or non-binary person, um, like on face value. Yeah. And I think it happens more than, pe- than people expect, you know, you know, in what little defense I will give other people is, is sometimes like when you're not used to buying the types of services, you don't always have a good um, understanding of what these types of things cost. But rather than say, hey, let's talk through, give me some rationale, there, there usually is, the, is, hey, can I get a discount? That's the first thing. Um, I will say I have gotten better at, being, at not being insulted. <laughs> I'm always insulted. I'm always insulted yeah. because these people know better. You know, but that's my point. They, they don't that. always know better. Like, you know, like mm. people don't always know better. Like there's they come with some crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying. So here's something. Let me ask you this, Tara. Yeah. So have you had any of your former clients and even co-workers transition out of corporate into the solopreneur world, or so they think, and they come to you? to be a partner? Mm. Usually, Because I get it all the time. Usually it's more a mentor. I don't get quite as many partners, um, mm. but usually, I will say everyone, and again, it's the, it may be the nature of the difference between my work and your work, right? Mm-hmm. I think everyone comes out and says, you know what, we can partner. Like I've got some ideas, we could do this thing. Um, but usually it's a program, it's, it's something that has a finite edges and we just never get around to it. It's right. a little bit different than kind of going into a longer term partnership, which I think is probably more akin to what they would do partnering with you. Um, yeah. So, and so in, in general, like it's always great to talk. And if something sparks, it sparks. But I usually, particularly when someone's just coming out, I keep that investment, that, that creation investment low until they get their legs about and then they figure out where they're where they're going but i but again i have that benefit because we could you know we could be talking about a six hour one-time class not mm. necessarily a you know an eight-month partnership the way you're doing yeah i get i get a lot of people who who are familiar with my work coming out from their jobs and they want to start a business and then they want to have conversations and there's nothing wrong with that because 99% of them are amazing people. They're great. But the challenge is, is that people are offering to partner with me to do what I do. 
Mm. So that translates to I'm sharing you, sharing my customer base with you. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm not real excited about sharing customers that it has taken me five, six, and in some instances, 15 years to cultivate. It's hard for me as a solopreneur, hence solo, <laughs> to just bring somebody in after I have created a relationship over time. I'm not excited about just waltzing anybody in the room that really arguably does things that are very similar to what I do. That just, it, that just makes no sense to me. It's, it's like bringing my competition in the room and letting my customer pick between me and my competition without them having to jump through hoops, send out 9,000 emails, make numerous phone calls, go to the conferences, eat lots of chicken dinners. Like <laughs> it's just hard for me to do that. And I, I, you know, I often wonder, do you all really realize what's happening? You're asking your competition. No, now, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. with problem, mm -hmm. I get it. But usually my bandwidth challenge is not based off of what I do. It's based off of the stuff I don't specialize in that I outsource. Okay, so that, that was going to be my question, right? So because the solo CEOs, it's all about a community of sharing resources and opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I like, I like, I believe in abundance that there's plenty, plenty out there for everybody to eat and eat good right. um, and eat well, I guess that, that's the right way to say that. Um, well, so, if you come from my house, it's good eating, but okay. Yeah, good eating. Um, so Marilyn, how, how would you like someone to partner with you? So let, let's say that I, that I am someone former client or a friend that just came out of corporate, I'm starting my business. I like you. I love what you do. And I would actually like to partner with you on something, right? How, how would you want to be approached? How should I be thinking about that partnership? I don't want to partner with you. What, what do you want? Nothing. Nothing. Is there, is there any way for me to work with you? Most times, no. The reason for it is because everybody looks at they go their approach to the work is so incredibly different from the way I look at it that Tara what we do we, we're service providers the minute it comes out of my brain through my mouth I've just told you what I'm gonna do so no if you offer something totally different if what you're saying is you're gonna come up with a complimentary service then we can have a conversation but if what you're doing is really closely lined up with what I'm doing, the best I can do is be your mentor to kind of take you through some of the some of the learnings that I've made just over the last 20 years. And I'm happy to do that. Anybody who knows me knows I am the first person that'll say, yeah, no, don't do this, do that, or if I need, if you have a name, you need a name, I'll share the name or whatever if I have it. But I'm not really excited about bringing my competition in the room with me. I <laughs> just don't see the benefit at all. I mean, Tara, when's the last time you brought your competition to a customer? All the time. Mm. All the time. Like, and this is like, mm. this is actually why I love. I love this community, right? Because you're going to see different styles and you'll see that you can be successful 
in kind of however you you work now yeah nobody see what i do so no. I, I am an executive coach i'm a facilitator and is actually very common with it within coaches we we're constantly sharing information oftentimes like oftentimes like you may find that um, particularly when it comes to coaching some of the connection with a, with a customer is actually um, is chemistry, right? It's like, am I a good fit? And so there are things that I may not be the best fit for. I'm a bit direct. I'm not going to be super formal, right? So for there may be some some places where, you know, another coach may actually be a better choice. Um, and and it's perfectly in alignment with my brand and me building it, knowing that I'm not the best person for you. There are also plenty of times where like I know what I bring. And so I may create a development program and bring on someone else who has a totally separate business. Um, and that could very well develop a program with, you know, within those organizations. And I have not had any issues with that. Here's my caveat. For people that have bigger programs, like so there are a lot of coaching collectives that, that, that I've actually partnered with before that I subcontract with, they typically will have um They'll have, have uh, I was gonna say an NDA, not, not the right word, but they have agreements that this, you know, if I work for for your client, I can't go back and get work within a certain amount of time frame. And so know that, you know, once you get bigger or or like that, there there is a, a space for you to say, if I bring you on to my client, you can't go back behind my back and and try to subvert the work. Like for me, for the most part, there's actually they're not. There are not so many clients that I'm working with that, that I'm worried that that could be done at a big scale because usually you may have a program that's different than my program. It just speaks to a different need, right? So just because I'm I'm in, you know, you know, at XYZ company and I'm doing leadership training, you actually, um, I've got some really great friends that are that are doing more coaching coaching in the diversity space and they're doing work with circles for, with Asian leaders. Go on yeah. in. No, no, no. get it in and they, but they're still coaches and they still offer some of the leadership stuff that I do right and so it actually is very delicate so for me what matters is I'm very specific about who I'm going to partner with because of the wavy lines um, that I, I can't I can't partner with someone that I don't think is going to have high integrity that isn't going to that's going to turn around and mess me over so like I I have subcontracted with Marilyn now. Again, according to Marilyn's standards, <laughs> I do something very different than her, so she's not scared yes. about I mean, bringing look, me think in. About it, Tara. <laughs> Just the other day, we were on a call. Let, let me tell y'all what how the call went. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, Tara was talking, and while she was talking, I was reading about something else because <laughs> I know what the heck she was talking about. See, that's the kind of partnership I like. You so stay I in your lane. Like, mm-hmm. I have my lane. We complement each other, and then after that, we can we can end end and we learn from each other. But here's the beauty: I don't want to do what she does, and she don't want to do what I <laughs> oh, do. Oh God, no, I don't. But we don't yeah. even have the same customer types. We don't look for the same customer. Mm-hmm. To me, that partnership works. When I tell you that people are trying to get a hookup, and I have found that when I talk to other people in the industry, these same people are running around trying to get best practices based off of the shit I created. No. Well, so like that speaks to my well, point. Did, about, I say, did I say shit? That's what I meant. <laughs> she meant that with her full chest. Her, mm-hmm. Like the shit I created. Um, yeah, no. But like, like that's why the, the integrity piece is so big for me. So for example, 
I came, came on for one of Maryland's clients, right, to do some work. Again, our work is very different. Later on, you know, when the client was no longer working with Maryland, um, they still wanted some of what, what I brought and they came to me directly. I know for a fact, there was no way that I was going to contract with, with, with one of Maryland's former customer and not talk to her about it, right? Because I would not be there if it wasn't for her. And that like, have, like having that level of trust, like I'm not going to do that. I could have done it. Right. But that, that to me, that's not, that's not run faster than her. And it would have been a physical altercation. Some hands would have been laid just cause she is from the South side of Chicago. Be very, very free. (laughs) But but you you know, but like that type of thing, you have to know, you know, when, when you come into a partnership, you have to, you know, be willing to stand in the relationship. Cause just like, you know, Marilyn made a point that your reputation um, with the customers like that, that goes long. You think that's long? Your reputation with, within the peers in, in, in our side of the industry, that sticks, that stays. Like, you know, people talk and people connect. And so like anyone that goes into, into a partnership, ex- you know, trying to extract and not give into a partnership in some kind of way, um, it is not a good look and it catches up with you eventually. And here's a funny one. Because we're talking about business people trying to get the hook up off of our business. But let's just talk about our relatives. You know, <laughs> why do I get a random conversation from a random friend's relative about, well, I heard you had a business and I'm trying to do this. Um, do you mind if you run a 1099 through your business? What, what? So this person wanted me to generate checks. Oh, and he was going to pay me back. He wanted me to generate checks under my business name. Maybe folks, I think people just, I don't know. It's you. It's me. You look like a shady magnet. You're right. And, (laughs) and, and I was, he was, and he was honestly having a conversation with me about me doing something very criminal. So the topic of can I get a hookup, oh, the shade of it all, it, 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 it goes across all gambits from professional to very unprofessional to illegal even. Mm-hmm. When people think that, well, yeah, you have a business, but it's not really a, you know, a real business. When that clown finished talking to me, I asked him, so when was the last time did you ask IBM to do that for you? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he was like, I, I said, yeah, them three letters, I, B, and M. When's the last time you asked them? Would you have ever considered asking Google to do that for you? And I, and I think that's the, like, that's the foundation uh, of all this. Like it's still, um, because either we work out of our homes, you know, and if, you know, not everyone that's a solo CEO has a, has a service-based business, but I think there's even more of a risk because we don't sell a product. There's not a thing. It feels like, oh, you know what? You can slide this in real quick. Oh, you've got, you can accommodate this, this, this thing. Oh, uh, like we can partner on this one thing. Like, you know, if, like for, if, if, for example, you sold a beverage or you sold, you know, widgets, you know, the, the idea of a partner, partnership creating something is just such a longer time frame. So I think it is something endemic with, with the fact that if you're a service provider or, you know, they, they, it just feels more approachable to people. Um, and, you know, like 
I always try to remind myself that people don't get who we are. And, you know, that's to yeah. my point where I try not to, to take too much offense at times. Like, you know, I'm not sure people think that we got, I don't know, got paper routes. Listen, anybody <laughs> strong enough to come to you to ask you to do something illegal, they either think you're stupid or they have no respect for you. That, now, that's two hardcore <laughs> ways of looking at it, but that's how I look at it because I would never ever in a million years think to ask someone to do anything illegal because that's not what I made up. Yeah, I would never do that. And I, I think the, the moral of my story is we are truly business owners. And anytime somebody comes to us with something that is unsavory, you need to, you need to really think hard folks about how you're going to deal with it. My first reaction to most things is violence. Um, <laughs> that's never a good thing. I'm laughing because it's true. <laughs> uh, usually follow, the first thing is, is some kind of physical issue. But because I usually am the smallest one in the room, it's usually always verbal abuse though. After that, I, I, I kind of tap it down and, and really look at, the reason I started my business was to sustain myself and to provide a service that would be beneficial for many people. And I can't do it if I'm partnering with people who don't have the same things to, to really build on. And so it's like, no, you gotta really know that this is happening. And what's funny is sometimes you have that out-of-body experience where you say, I know doggone well, this, this just didn't happen. I'm here to tell you, yeah, it did. <laughs> um, just be ready. That's, you know, Tara, nobody told me that this was, you because we're, we're doing our thing and we're excited. Nobody said be ready that stuff like this would come at you from people in suits that you thought were upstanding folks, mm -hmm. all the way down to a friend's cousin's friend's uncle. Like it, it spans the gamut. Just be ready for it and have your or have your spiel down and if you cuss a little bit that ain't gonna hurt either that'll scare them away but uh but it's it's super important as solopreneurs that people understand that we we are we're holding the same standards that any one of our corporate customers hold or any of the larger companies who are distinguished at least that type of business I know I'm in and Tara I know that that's how you lead your business people if that's not what you're looking to do Hmm. I don't know if much of our advice is helpful for you. <laughs> <laughs> like tune into our other podcast, how to get over. Right. 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 That's, that's the next podcast. Yeah. Cause you're not, you, you're not going to be in the, <laughs> in the game for on the long run. This is a real short term experience for you. If you're not up and up and, and really trying to grow and grow. So, I mean, that's, that's all I have to say about that topic is be careful and please, if you got anything crazy that you want to ask of us, don't. <laughs> just, just don't. Just right, don't. So, all right. Don't. So my, my best advice, like she's gonna give you a coach's advice. Okay, go on. I'm, I'm, I'm. Wait a minute. I'm gonna time this one. Let me do oh, what I do. Like, tell so, them, coach. No, no. I'm. A, I want to speak to all the the fellow people pleasers out there. Right? There's a mm. bunch of us out there. I like these people. Oh, I couldn't really? even get that out. You couldn't even get it out without a laugh. Okay, like, so forget her. <laughs> Talk to me right now. My fellow people pleasers. Um, my best advice is 
you will feel in your gut when someone comes to you with an opportunity or something like it will feel not nice. And sometimes, particularly if it's something someone you had a relationship with, or even if they're talking good game, um, it's okay to trust your gut. It's okay to say no, right? No, it's not right for me right now. Let's think about it. Like, however you want to couch it, however you want to deliver it, or no being a complete and final sentence by in and of itself. Um, But trust that part of you because there is nothing worse than having said a yes when everything on the inside said no. And then you've got to either unravel or repair or Mm -hmm. fix whatever damage this thing is. You will, like, there are very few opportunities like this that are going to be so amazing that when you miss that boat, you can't catch it again. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not that way. So your gut is always right. Your gut, your gut is always right. Especially on partnering with people. Your gut will tell you everything you need to know. And, and if that person that goes off and makes a bagillion dollars and is on the cover of every magazine, that's good for them. It just wasn't yours. Yours is coming. Like, just, just mm-hmm. like, trust me. There are too many, too many examples of that leading to pain. Right. What's your time to stay on that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think the most important thing you said was trust your gut. Your gut will not lead you in the wrong direction. And it's usually an immediate Mm -hmm. reaction that you get when somebody asks you something and you're like, whoa, and maybe your face won't be all squeezed up. But the whoa is going to be a physical whoa or something like that doesn't smell so fresh. Trust your gut. Crush your gut, see? And then say, no. <laughs> no, period. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us for, for this talk. It, like, again, just say no and trust your gut and you will be good to go. But don't say no yes. to us, right? Say yes. yes to more episodes of yes. the Solo CEOs. We love having this podcast. We love having y'all as listeners. So go ahead, like, and subscribe. So when the new ones come out, and you share. constantly get it. Share it with everybody that, that may need to hear this message because again, Marilyn don't like to, to share projects, but we do like to share information and resources. Have a good one, everybody. Be ready. <laughs> it's coming. Push your gut. Push your gut. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the solo CEOs, Please share this podcast with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram at The Solo CEOs, or stop by our website for videos, resources, and other great stuff. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.